is on struggle. Not willingly dive into, not say, eh, it's okay. Now, but if you have temptation in your life, like I have temptation. I wonder if I'm the only one here who has temptation in their life. Does anybody? No, nah, it's just two of you. I understand. The Puerto Ricans haven't shown up. They're still at the, uh, the parade. That's why. I'm like the only guy here who's Puerto Rican. It's crazy. Um, but, oh, right, there's uh, two of us. Right, there's two of us at least. So, listen to me. Today's message is for those who struggle with temptation, for those who struggle with sin. I want you to know that there's victory, but there's not victory in you willing it so. There's not victory in you trying harder. There's not victory in you doing better. You'll only find more discouragement there. You'll only find a broken heart. You'll only find yourself curled up in a ball on the corner of the tub as the water, hot water hits you and doesn't clean you nearly enough. This is for those who have found themselves with pillows who are, who are wet with hot tears because they went further than they wanted to go. They were kept longer than they wanted to stay and it cost them more than they thought they would pay. This message is for the brokenhearted and those who have tasted of the fruit only to find that it does not satisfy and that the pleasure that you get for a moment gives a pain that lasts a lifetime, and that we would see Jesus as our pleasure and our joy and our satisfaction. So I want you to keep your ears open. I want you to keep your heart open. God is going to move in a powerful way. But if you blink, you'll miss it. So pay attention. Now, it's our tradition in this congregation that we stand at the reading of God's word. We do it because God's awesome and his word is amazing. Now, I struggled with this message to not break it into three messages. So what I'm doing is I'm going to break it into two messages. So if you want to hear the end of this message, you're going to have to come next week. Tell your neighbor, come next week. You don't, Banjo guy, come next week, okay? Right? Ukulele guy, come next week, right? Watch this. Listen to me. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. But if you leave this week and you go, I, I feel like I didn't get the whole answer. Oh my, you don't want to miss. Next week, let's read. We're going to go into the very beginning, the book of beginnings. It's called Genesis. And we're going to read verses 1 through 6. You're all going to read with me in a loud voice. On the count of three. One, two, three. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the women, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, But the serpent said, Your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, 
knowing good and evil. So when the tree was good for food, and that it was delight to the eyes, and the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took and ate. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. This is God's word. Have a seat. We have no time, people. This is so powerful. This is so powerful. We have no time for pleasantries. We got to go right into it. So if you're desperate and you need Jesus, I need you to just lean in on your seat because God is about to speak. For those of you who struggle with sin that you say is not a sin or that society says it's okay to do that sin, I want you to lean in. For those of you who think that you'll never overcome that thing that you seem to fall into, I need you to lean in. For those of you who say, I'm born this way, I live this way, I'll die this way. I need you to lean in because God is going to speak in a powerful way. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. Someone say, yeah. The serpent was in the garden. There was a garden and it was perfect. And the serpent came in and he was crafty. And he's more crafty than any other creature God had made. This is, not, this is not a Dumbo. This guy knows. Now, let me just say this. For some of you, you come from backgrounds where um, you, this is scoffed at. This, is, this section, this part of the Bible is looked down upon. No, this is not the way it happened. We know the professor said, you know, I saw on TV there's evolution and evolution disproves this from the Bible. Listen to me. If that's your belief, I'm not even arguing with you. I'm saying that you can learn a great, great lesson. I don't want to, so don't let that put you off. I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not even, I'm not even arguing for the historicity of this um, message. I believe Jesus. I believe it, and Jesus believed it. But listen to me. I'm not asking you to believe it. But I'm saying that if you open your ear right now, you will hear the very reason, even if you're far from God, you'll hear the very reason why you fall into the things that you wish you didn't fall into. So listen. So listen. Listen up, because it's really important. The woman, he said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Did God actually say? Listen to you. Listen to me. If you're taking notes and we give you a sermon map to take notes and it has the scripture and it also has some lines that you can write on, I want you to write this down. Because we're talking about temptation, and we're talking about how to overcome temptation, and what we're doing to overcome temptation is we want to see the patterns. We want to see the patterns that Satan comes to us with these temptations. Now, um, any here, anybody here a Kodo fan, right? Yeah. Only one? Only two, really? A Kodo fan. Now, Kodo, He's a boxer. He just did a fantastic job at laying out Martinez, right? Didn't want to come up for the 10th. But you know why he did so well in the boxing match? He did this thing that boxers do. He studied the tape. 
In other words, he saw all of Martinez's idiosyncrasies, how he would telegraph his punches with his shoulders, how he would move his waist. And he, if, he could, if he could see and study it well enough, then he could avoid danger, move out of sight, and do the damage himself. He did that very well, and I'm praying that you would be like a prize fighter when it comes to Satan, that you will knock him out, not in your power, ability, but in the power that God gives and with the spirit that God gives, and he helps. So we're going to see. The first thing I want you to notice, the first thing that Satan does is that he makes him doubt God's word. I want you to know that the problem, listen to me, the problem in the garden did not start with an action. The problem in the garden started with a belief system. It all starts in the mind. It also, it's, the, it's the life that we live that no one else sees. It's the conversations that we have that no one else hears. It's the moments where we're focusing and hearing that voice that, that sounds a little bit like a hiss. Did God actually say, really? God said that? First thing Satan does is he opens up with doubt. Doubt God's word. Did God really, God really say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Notice it's not an assertion, it's a question. Listen, there's a million ways this is done today. A million. People will say, really? You're going to believe that? You're going to believe that about the actions that you take? You're going to believe a book that was written like thousands of years ago and was written by man? You know what they're saying. Did God really say, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's a trap. It smells like smoke, and you can hear a hiss. Did God really say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it. Listen, second thing that Satan does, and he does this with every single temptation that you have. First thing he has you do is question whether God says no. Question God's word. The second thing that he does is he leads you to exaggerate the prohibition. Exaggerate the prohibition. You see, God, it's interesting, Eve's response to Satan is not at all what God said. She twists it and changes it. See, when God gives them the trees of the garden, God comes in and, and it's almost like God says, guys, don't worry, Jenny Craig is not coming for a lot of years, right? Eat as much of the trees as you like. Gorge on it. Delight on it. it. Just enjoy every delight that I've made for you. And, uh, you, boy, here in America, we don't understand the, the, the preciousness of fresh uh, fruit on a tree. It's like candy. I went, uh, you go outside of the United States and you have a banana, it's like candy. It's unbelievably sweet. And God said, in a perfect world, he said, I did it. 
I didn't make a seven-course meal. I didn't make a nine-course meal. I made a thousand-course meal with every kind of flavor. Do you like salty? Do you like sweet? Do you like tart? Do you like sugary? God said, I made it so that you would be satisfied in the inner, inner person. Everything here. Not only can you have, you can have as much as you like. No limits. By the way, I want you to stay away from those two trees. Why? Why would God do that? Why would God prohibit them? I find it interesting that God gives them the earth. The earth. Right? You think Brooklyn is big. Some of y'all can't walk across the street without getting in your car, right? The earth. He gives them the earth. And we focus on, but he said no to those trees. Could you imagine? Could you imagine somebody coming up to you and saying, Sam, I'm going to give you $10 million, but do me a favor. Don't buy any Audis. Just don't buy any Audis. Like the Audi car, yeah, you can't buy it. But here's $10 million. Do whatever else you want with it. Enjoy the $10 million. Could you imagine Sam taking that check and going, you know what? Take your money if you're not letting me have the Audis. Could you imagine how silly that is? But that's exactly what we do with God. Because Satan wants us to exaggerate what we don't have and neglect what we actually do. Satan wants us to make bigger what God has said no to and ignore what God has said yes to. Satan wants us to long to partake in sin and not delight in what God has provided for. The first thing that Satan will do after he makes you doubt God's word, the first thing that he'll do is he'll exaggerate the prohibition. He'll exaggerate it keep you focused on it. Look at verse 4. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Now this is a blatant, Satan was asking a question before. This is a blatant contradiction. Do you see how he moved from questioning to contradiction? Did God say to, man, God's lying. That's not going to happen. You see the movement here? Here's, here's what I know. Nobody, nobody that I know who has a real intent on staying away from a sin, nobody I know just goes from zero to 60 in a second. Nobody. Everybody I know who has, this is for those of you who are in anonymous programs, right? What do we say? There's a relapse before the what? Before the relapse. That there's a, a gradual moving closer to the edge. That there's a slowly, right, first, right, you're, you're at dinner, right, and you go, hey, I can't eat the bread, you know, it turns into sugar and it's tough to work off. But and then you see the bread a little bit longer and you go, gosh, I wonder what this little piece tastes like. I'm like, ooh, that's warm bread, right? <laughs> and then you go a little bit closer and then you see your friend putting some butter on it. And then you go, oh, give me the bread, right? Right, that's what we do. That's what we do. It never goes from zero to 60. It always goes, listen to me, it's always inch by inch, step by step. This, listen to me. The, if you want to find success in life and you want, to find, you want to find misery in life, they're both found the same way. One small decision at a time. And Satan blatantly contradicts God. And he says, 
He's lying. That ain't going to happen. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And this is the strongest of Satan's devices. Distrust, question, or distrust God's motives. See, the reason that God doesn't want you to have that is because God don't want you to be happy. The reason God doesn't want you to have that is because God doesn't want you to be free. The reason God wants you to have that is, is because God doesn't want you to experience joy and freedom. You know where joy and freedom is found? It's found outside of the church. It's found outside of God's word. It's found outside of God's limits. First thing Satan does is he makes you doubt God's word. Then he makes you focus and exaggerate the prohibition. Man, you can't have this. And then he makes you doubt God's motives. You know what? If God was really on your side, then he would. So we think to ourselves, well, if I'm going to keep the guy, I got to sleep with him. Or we think to ourselves, if I'm going to get a little stress relief, I have to eat. If I, because God can't give me stress relief and God can't be my companion. No, 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 no. I need this person to be whole. I need this, this thing to consume in order to be satisfied. Listen to me. It's a lie. But it always comes the same way. Always. First doubt God's word. Then exaggerate the prohibition, which increases the desire. And then question God's motives. In the end, is can God be trusted to satisfy your desires? See, here's, here's how it rolls. Here's how it rolls. Are you ready? What Satan says, so what God says is, Take delight in the good stuff. I'm going to pride for you cucumbers and tomatoes and onions. Anybody, can anybody say sofrito? Right? <laughs> I'm going fi- to provide for you. Right? I'm going to fi- provide for you potatoes and, and all these vegetables. I'm going to provide them for you. Enjoy as much as you like. No prohibitions. Right? And Satan says, Baresis is good. And you know, there's more in the pack than you thought. And in fact, all of this can be yours. And so, So God gives you these gifts. And what Satan wants to do, now listen, listen, wake up. Somebody say wake up. up. Right now, what I'm about to say is the most important part of this sermon. If you miss it, you've missed the whole darn thing, okay? So listen right now. What Satan wants to do is he wants you to think that this is between recesses and vegetables. This is between chocolate and vegetables. This is between the gift that Satan gives and the gift that God gives. Because that's where you'll find your satisfaction, in one or the other. Oh, beloved, here's where everything changes. 
God said, I never meant for you to find satisfaction and ultimate pleasure in any one of those things. The problem was, is that they looked to a tree to satisfy when God was offering himself. It was later on that God would walk in the cool of the day looking for deep intimacy, but they had spent their intimacy on something that did not satisfy. Satan wants you to say it's either chocolate or vegetables, and Jesus is saying, delight in me. Find your joy in me. Find your satisfaction because every one of us is going to look for salvation. Every one of us is going to look for deliverance in our lives. The question is, will we be satisfied with chocolate or vegetables? Or because it's possible. Oh, man, I wish you could hear what I'm saying to you. Listen to me. Satan offers those things that are an instant delight, but that bring about hell on earth. God offers good things, but if you make them into ultimate things, you destroy their goodness in your life. Good things are good so long as they stay good, but once good things become God, you've just revoked joy. You see, God is saying, it's not about the chocolate. It's not even about the gifts that I give. It's about finding your delight in me. So then what do we do? Here's the problem. Here's what I know. I know it's easier for me to throw vegetables and chocolate off of that there pulpit than it is for me to say no to vegetables or chocolate when they come my way. You feel me? Right? Are you with me? Like, because I know if I stop right now, I know I can stop the message right now and everybody will go, woo, we had church. We had a little mandolin happening, you know. Woo. But it wouldn't help you. It wouldn't help you. It's in finding our satisfaction in our Savior, not in our sin, that joy is found. We need to say that one more time. It's in finding our satisfaction in our Savior, not our sin. That's where joy is found. In other words, it's not a test between the pretty girl at work or my wife who's not treating me well at home. You've missed it. You're back where Satan wants you. Vegetables or chocolate, vegetables or chocolate, vegetables or chocolate. And you lose every time. Every time. Not vegetables or chocolate. But we go, Jesus, here's the truth. Here's the truth. Pretty girl in the office, she can't satisfy me. She can't. It's an illusion. It's an illusion. Let me tell you something. Those, those like extramarital affairs that happen at 3 o'clock in the morning, and it's illusion. It doesn't, it's not real. You're dressed your best. You smell your best. She dresses her best. She smells her best. There's no morning breath in that. There's no bathroom runs in that. That's real. And that's why Satan gets us. 
That's why Satan gets us. He makes us think that it's a choice between what God provided and what, but listen to me, it's not what God just provided. It's what God gave in himself. The son came from heaven to earth to live the life that you should have lived but did not and die the death that you deserve to die but do not have to because it's in him. It's in him. He just doesn't just save us from hell and damnation. He saves us from Futile desires and futile satisfaction. He saves us. He is our joy. So what do we do? Well, this week, this is all I want you to do. Sin is going to come your way, and Satan is going to want to redirect your thoughts. He's going to say, chocolate or vegetables. What I provide is better. See the figure on what I provide? You see the sweetness of what I provide? You see the beauty of what I provide? See, see what God has provided? It's not as good as what I provide, right? See what God has provided? It's not as good as what I provide, right? And Satan is going to say that over and over. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to just pause for a second. And this week, I just want you to just say, my Savior is more satisfying than my sin. And here's what that looks like in my life. When you have temptation that comes your way and someone was fresh to you. You know what I'm saying when I say fresh? They were mean-spirited. They were nasty. They were fresh to you. And the temptation is, what's the temptation? Anybody know? Oh, my goodness. Crank the neck, right? And just, and go into, and go, you know what, Lord? The fact is, this is the truth about me. I want to justify myself in their eyes. But the rea- I want to confess to you that that's not, wh- that's vegetables. That's chocolates. That's good stuff you provide. That's good stuff Satan provides. It's nothing that I need right now. What I need is I need to be reminded that I am justified, not in their eyes, but in yours, because you died on the cross for my sins. When a person who has wounded me deeply and God starts pressing in my heart. I need to forgive them because, it. listen, they're beating me twice. They got me with what they got me and they're getting me again. Listen to me. It's in that moment that you go, God, could you remind me how much you've saved me from, how much you've forgiven me from, and let that love overflow into the forgiveness of others? When that when the website gets clicked on, or when you turn on the computer, go, Lord, would you remind me that you bring more satisfaction? Remind me, take a step. And what you're doing in those moments is you're saying, my Savior is more satisfying than my sin. Let me tell you something, but first it's got to start with your confession. Here's the truth about me. The truth about me, when I go and click on those things, is I want to create an environment where I'm worshipped, even if it's a fantasy. I want to create an environment where I'm worshipped. That's the truth. Lord, I want to be worshipped. I want to be marveled at more than I want to marvel at you. That's the truth about me. Because it's not about chocolate, what Satan provides. It's not even about the vegetables, what God provides. It's about the one who walks in the cool of the day, calling out the name of the one who is lost. Where are you? It's only in him. I'm telling you, you won't find it. 
You go, I feel like we need a little bit more in order to be free. Great, come next week. Come next week. We got more for you. God's word, we're going to finish verses 7 through 15. You're going to see insights. Listen, I, I never give you permission to turn on your phones, but turn on your phones now and tell all your Boricuas, yo, you missed it. You need to come to the 12 o'clock. I love you, but there's freedom. There's freedom to be found, but it's not found in your willpower. Your willpower, as long as you stay looking at vegetables or chocolate, as long as you stay there, you're beat. You're done. You're sunk. Because Satan will always make his stuff look better than what God has provided. Don't do it. We're not looking at that stuff. We're looking at Jesus. It's my prayer for you. It's my prayer for you. Let's pray. Father, you are a good and holy God, wondrous and mighty. You have done what we could not do. So, Lord, would you, in a very powerful way, seal this in our hearts. Help us to see that this is bigger than the sweets that Satan provides or the good things that you provide. That it's not about finding our satisfaction in the good stuff or the sinful stuff, but finding our joy in Christ. Would you give us wisdom on how to know to do that this week? Lord, not saying, oh, I'm not going to act out, but literally asking, God, how do you satisfy this need in my soul? How do you fulfill this desire in my life? Because I want to take joy in that. So, Lord, whether it's sex or food, or pride, whatever it is, Lord, help us, oh God, to see you as better than it all. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.